The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. Today, my guest is Jenny L. Jenny is a family member with lots of years um, working her program of Al-Anon, and she's going to be sharing with us today about loving it all, about the wisdom of the program, and about all the many ways that she applies that and how it's made such a difference for her for many years. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you that are out there listening. It's great uh, to know that we've got listeners that are uh, tuning in, and uh, thanks for the feedback that you give me. I love hearing about that. So thanks for your emails. Um, thanks for posting on Facebook, and thanks uh, for telling me. It's great to hear that uh, we're making a difference for you. We'd love to hear from you later in the show if you'd like to send us an email at Spirit of Re- Recovery at unity.fm, or you can give us a call at 888-558-6489 with a comment or a question for Jenny. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here at Unity FM online radio, and um, we love bringing practical guests on topics that are important to you and getting you thinking and opening you up to new ideas and new possibilities um, that in your own recovery or If you're just curious about recovery, we're glad to have you listening as well. Our guests are always people that are in recovery themselves or who work with or for, writing for, recovering people, or sometimes all the above. And they always bring us uh, lots of practical wisdom and how they work recovery in their own lives or with the people that they work with. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and so if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're a family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, or if you're simply somebody that's curious about recovery, that you want to learn more about what it is and how it works, you're welcome here, and we welcome your comments, your questions, and your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and a trained addictions counselor, 
And also, I'm a person who has, in my circle of love and friendship, many people that have the disease of addiction. And this month, 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and a path of spiritual development. And ever since then, the unity philosophy and the 12-step philosophy have been guiding lights that have really helped me to live my life and have transformed and allowed me to live in deeper and richer ways than I ever thought possible. So I'm just very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you about spirituality and recovery and also to hear from you about what you're experiencing in your spirituality and recovery walk. I want you to know also that on every show we do have a drawing and we give away a recovery book. And these are donation, and that's org. And big thanks to Hazelden for donating the books to us. Today's book is Codependent No More, How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. It's the classic by Melody Beatty. And so I'd love to give that book or... Um, and we get the emails during this show, or if you call in, we'll put your name in the drawing, and you may be the one that wins this book today. So again, our phone number is 888-558-6489, and our email is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. So today, our topic is Loving It All, and my guest is Jenny L. Jenny is an Al-Anon member. She's got 36 and a half years of active participation in the Al-Anon program, which is a 12-step program for the friends and family members of people with the disease of alcoholism. And Jenny also has six years of active participation in Naranon, and that's a program uh, that is uh, goes along with Nar- Narcotics Anonymous. Naranon is a, a 12-step program for the friends and family members of people who have other drug addiction, um, that disease. Uh, Jenny has numerous family members that do have drug and alcohol problems that have the disease of addiction, and two of those family members are deceased, and that's as a, as a direct result of the disease of alcohol and other drug addiction. And also there are two members of her family that are in active recovery and have been for many years. Jenny's a retired uh, teacher, and she's also worked um, in computer system support for the state of Washington. And she has long been involved in the Christian faith community, even before entering a 12-step program, and that has been a big part of her own recovery. And she has a very deep spirituality, and I know that you're going to hear that today in all that Jenny has to share with us. So, Jenny, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for asking me. You're so, uh You've been involved with your own recovery as a family member in Al-Anon and now in Noranon. You've been involved for 36 and a half years. What keeps you coming back? Well, I have a confession to make. I have, I have been involved all through this time, but there was a period of about two years when I didn't go to regular meetings. I went to speaker meetings and annual meetings and special meetings, and I went to, and I read the literature every day, but I didn't go to a weekly meeting. Mm -hmm. And during that time, which was somewhere around two years, uh, and a long time ago, 
but during that time, a number of things happened that really showed me that I needed to be going to a meeting every week. One of the things that happened was my older daughter, who was living in San Francisco and doing very well, and seemed to be away from her addictions and in some recovery, um, she decided to go to New Orleans to visit her brother, who, to the best of my knowledge at that time, was doing drugs. And I was extremely upset, and I was even more upset when she uh, returned from that visit and declared that she was going to move and stay in New Orleans to be near her brother. And I knew that that meant for her going back to drugs. And that was one thing that just broke my heart, and I knew that I needed more support than I could get from just the church group and um, the occasional speaker meeting. I needed to be in a close home group situation. And I also had a situation with my older daughter where it became increasingly clear that she was really getting into very bad trouble with methamphetamine. And um, so that was two things. And then another thing was that my husband and I tried to help somebody who had been an AA friend of my husband's, and this person uh, was not only... Um, I don't know if he was ever drinking, but he certainly was not um, spiritually or mentally sober, and he wound up uh, doing some uh, things that were very, well, very expensive for us. We we co-signed for him to borrow some money, and he uh, wound up left, left us holding the bag for the whole amount, and uh, that was kind of a heartbreaker, so... Those three things, I think, really brought home to me that I couldn't just consider myself uh, a part-time member. I had to be really going to a meeting every week. You know, I needed that support. Right. What, what do you get at family group meetings that's different from, for example, what you would get at a church group? What's the support that makes a difference for you? One of the things is that because the 12-step programs are anonymous, there's a level of honesty and candor there that I don't think even even close Christian communities can, can get in our society. Um, there, there's just total honesty. And if you are feeling really at the bottom of the barrel... Um, you can share that and not feel any kind of shame or embarrassment or whatever. Um, I I think also, and I I just read today in the literature uh, about how denial denial can be a denial of joy as well as a denial of grief. And um, to me, that's another aspect of regular involvement in a 12-step program is that I, um, I am encouraged to, to live um, at a 100% level. And, um, 
and and that's very important for me because I grew up with an alcoholic mother. And in your introduction, by the way, Anna, you mentioned that I'd lost two family members, and I have. Both my drug-addicted older children died about Mm -hmm. three years ago. The second one died. And um, but it's also true that my mother died of alcoholism. Uh, she died at 54, technically of the stroke. Um, for a couple of years, I believed that this was one of her sober periods, and that was part of my grieving about her death. Was that I felt it was such a waste because here she was just starting to be sober again, and she was in and out of AA over much of her life. But I found out later on, reading some papers of hers, um, she had <laughs> she had written in a journal that she was drinking again. And so since then, I have always regarded her death as one more substance abuse death. And I think that growing up with an alcoholic mother, um, I, I learned to stuff a lot of feelings. I learned there were a lot of feelings that I had, especially fear. Um, that really should not be expressed, that if they were expressed, they resulted in um, quite a lot of uproar in the household, and, and uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't deal with all of that. Um, I didn't know how as a child. I was afraid, and I was, I was also very afraid of abandonment, and that's Another been another big issue in my life, and and certainly when my two older children died, I really felt um, I felt terribly abandoned, terribly, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the grief that I felt for them. And I I think that I could share within the the Christian community I'm part of. I certainly could share my grief about. Their deaths, and and that I missed them, and that I, you know, I loved them, and that I was terribly, terribly stunned that they died. Um, but I couldn't really, I couldn't really say it all, and I could in a in a an Al Anon or a Naranon meeting. Mm-hmm. There's a depth of understanding when other people have walked that same painful path. Uh, there's a depth of understanding that's such an important part of recovery. Yes, that certainly is true. In fact, uh, yesterday uh, in in my home group meeting, there was a young woman who was, it was her second meeting. And um, she, for as an example, she um, was, was sharing about feeling tempted to isolate, and she knew that wasn't healthy. And and several of us were talking to her about that, and and were able to share our own experiences of 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 wanting to crawl into our shell when things got difficult, and um, and that's something that not everybody knows. Not everybody knows about that stuff, but people who have loved alcoholics certainly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tendency to to want to withdraw out of shame or fear, or sometimes it's just hopelessness. Sometimes self protection. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a, a a a useful instinct, I think. Um, but in an adult, it isn't. Mm-hmm. I think for young people, it it may be a useful instinct. 
but it's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't further a mature adult life. Mm-hmm. It stops you from being the whole person you w- would want to be. I think the, the whole person that, that that you feel God calls you to be. Right. How is it that connecting with other people draws out that wholeness? Well, I think some of it is just a mystery. Some of it is just the mystery that love is something you can't have unless you give it away. And I think that's true within the Christian communities everywhere, and it's perhaps especially true um, with those of us who are family members of people suffering from the diseases of addiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what became uh, different for you immediately when you entered into a family program 36 and a half years ago? Um, what's, what's, what started to be different? Well, I'm chuckling because one of the things I remember vividly from a very early meeting is I remember two things, most of all, from from that first few months in the program. And one of them is I expressed painfully but honestly in a meeting that I felt terribly, terribly failed. I felt that my life had just was worth nothing because I could not help my husband or my mother with their problems of addiction. And um, one of the people at the meeting kind of laughed, and she said, well, whatever gave you the idea that you should be so powerful? And it hit me for the first time in my life that there was a kind of arrogance in, in beating myself up because I couldn't do what the medical profession, ministers all over the world, psychiatrists, psychologists, treatment programs, all of these groups couldn't do. Somehow I felt as though I should be doing it. And when I realized that that was not, I had been um, blaming myself inappropriately Um, It it made me so free. Another thing was that by that time, it was 10 years after, more than 10 years, 10 and a half years after my mother's death. And um, I saw at a a meeting, I saw a film in which one of the things that was said, was said by a, a person who was a clergy person who was in the treatment field, Uh, And this person said, make no mistake, there is no wasted death. Nobody, nobody ever dies without being in God's hands. We'll be right back. Join us and we'll start in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back with the Serenity Minute. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. 
If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. like there's a lot of uncertainty out there about the economy these days. A lot of people have lost their jobs and some have even lost their homes. So how do you stay positive with so many negative facts coming at you every day? That's what the program The Prosperous Life is all about. It inspires, uplifts, and reminds you of the truth that we live in an abundant universe supplied by an infinite giver. Hosted by Chris Michaels and Stephanie Pfeiffer Stone, this program takes the spiritual approach to creating and maintaining your faith in abundant living. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time to learn how to live the prosperous life on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm loving my life. You better believe it. That's good all around. If you'd like to join the discussion, please call us toll-free at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. We now return to the program. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., if you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is Loving It All with uh, my guest, Jenny L., and Jenny is a longtime member, 36 and a half years um, in Al-Anon family groups and in Naranon family groups for six years. So she is in her own 12-step recovery as a family member of uh, people that have the disease of addiction. And so Jenny is uh, sharing with us her wisdom and how she works that program and how she brings uh, spirituality to bear in her life and in the ways that she interacts with her family. But before Jenny and I continue our conversation, I invite you to join me a minute as we uh, take some time to center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to focus on a constructive thought, and allow yourselves to be refreshed by the Spirit within. So I invite you on this thought. In this moment, I focus on love rather than fear. I let go and let God's love enfold me. 
In this moment, I focus on love rather than fear. I let go and let God's love enfold me. Thank you. Thanks for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And so now we're back with my guest, Jenny L., and we're talking about loving it all. And this is a great time to give us a call or send us an email. The phone number to call is 888-55-UNITY. Our lines are open, and we'd love to hear a comment or question for Jenny. Um, She's happy to address that. Or also you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we do get the emails during the show. Um, Also, if you call or email us, we'll put your name in the drawing for our book today, donated to us by Hazelden Foundation, and that book is Codependent No More, the classic by Melody Beatty, How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. So we'd love to hear from you, so give us a call or send us an email. Jenny, before the break, you were talking with us about um, that you had heard a, a video by a clergy person who is also involved with addiction treatment and was an addiction treatment professional. And he was talking about the idea that even when some people die from this disease, and that certainly does happen, that that's not wasted. What did you learn about that? Well, that was very, re- very reassuring to me because of my mother's death. Um, and I have I have thought of it many times since my children died too. Um, it 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 certainly it certainly applies to all deaths, not not merely deaths from addiction, but um, diseases of addiction are diseases and they are fatal. And uh, unless people get into recovery, they 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 frequently do die very young. And um, Somehow, I had, um, and I don't, I don't think I was really clear in my head about this, but I think I really had been somehow at a very deep level blaming God and feeling that that my mother's death was a, just an incredible waste. Um, and so somehow this took that load off. I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still hard. I, I find myself, uh, I'm, I'm not a young person, I'm over 70, and I, I occasionally, quite often in fact, skim the obituaries in the paper in the morning when I read the news. Um, and and I'm, every time I see deaths of people between, say, 40 and 55, I think about the family members, and I think about how um, it, it is hard on people when they when they lose family members who are who are are, are either young or middle aged adults. Um, our society in this country, at any rate, makes it possible for most people to live into their sixties, seventies, and eighties, and it's very sad when somebody uh, dies young. But I think I have a um, a different feeling about it than I would have if I had never seen that film. So that that was one of the things that that really um, helped me very early in the program. Right. You know, you talked earlier about how the program helps you to really live life fully and be that person that God wants you to be. What are the tools that you use that help you or 
to to do that? Well, certainly um, reading the literature daily and going to meetings uh, weekly and um, since I began in Naranon, I normally go to two meetings a week, an Al-Anon meeting and an Naranon meeting. Um, certainly meditating and, and, and praying, and I, I think the 12-step programs have, um, in many ways, have um, a tremendous um, insight into the world's spiritual wisdom in that um, notion that is in the steps about praying only for God's will for us and the power to carry that out. I think that is the essence of of, uh, of my faith. I don't always do that, but I, I try. Um, I, I certainly think that um, service in the program has been a big... Um, a big part of my life. I haven't always done the same thing. Um, I served a couple of terms as a group representative. Um, I'm occasionally in charge of the topic at a meeting. I have done speeches. I have been um, in various roles in relationship to uh, a, a uh, an AA plus Al-Anon gathering that occurs in Olympia every summer, uh, including chairing the Al-Anon end of it a couple of years. Um, I spent a number of years as an Al-Teen sponsor, and that was certainly very helpful to me. Um, yeah, tell us about Al-Teen. Well, Al-Teen is for young people whose... Um, who have family members uh, who are who are uh, alcoholics, and um, Alatine, I think, uh, is sometimes very helpful to young people. Uh, sometimes not, um, and and there are a lot. I, I found there were lots of difficulties in being an Alatine uh, sponsor. One of the times that I was a sponsor, I was a sponsor uh, at at an hour when. Um, there was in the same building an Al-Anon meeting, but there was no AA meeting. And so we tended to have young people come who had a mother or father in Al-Anon, but not necessarily the, uh, 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 a parent in AA. Um, one of the problems, I think, for at least in, in Olympia, for... Um, for Alateen membership and attendance uh, by the kids is that it's hard for them to get places until they're able to drive. And it's hard for them to be able to drive if they have an alcoholic parent because if you have an alcoholic parent, you're going to have all kinds of economic problems in your family and you're not going to be trusted and there, there, there are all kinds of uh, correlated difficulties, I think. Uh, another time I was for several years an Alteen um, sponsor, one of the Al- two Alteen co-sponsors for a- an Alteen group that met where there was an AA meeting but no Al-Anon meeting. I really think the ideal is to have, uh, and, and I believe now that uh, Olympia's Alteen 
program does have, does meet, where there is both an A and L on me at the same time. And that means that ups the odds of kids having a ride um, to get to their meeting. I was wondering, you know, you had said earlier that your mom was alcoholic, so you grew up um, with the disease of alcoholism and a parent. And I'm assuming you probably weren't able to go to Alateen in your childhood. I'm wondering, as an Alateen sponsor, did you get any sense of kind of being in recovery or not with the kid? Was there anything you got out of it? Yeah. sense of being Um, a a child of an alcoholic? Yes. um, Actually, it's kind of interesting how I got into that because um, I was asked by one at one point to give a talk to an Alteen group, and I was asked by a person who was in my Al-Anon home group, and that was an Alteen group that was meeting in a different place, different time. Um, I did make a short talk for those young people, and in the process of preparing that talk, I got very clear about um, some experience that I'd had um, that was extremely, extremely painful to me in my childhood and that I had never dealt with before. And um, so I was, I was grateful to Elteen after that for, for somehow having helped me, <laughs> helped me um, face that experience that I had had. And um, and then a friend asked me if I would be um, a co-leader. Alatine is a program which um, really needs two leaders, two adults meeting with young people. And um, it's very similar to Al-Anon, except that... Um, I'm not sure how to explain this, but it's very important. In Al-Anon, it's very important for us not to tell one another what to do. That's a given in Al-Anon. It's also a given in our team. And it can be difficult. It can be difficult when young people say things that you um, that you sense may be like um, saying, "I feel like running into a bus," you know, uh, or running in front of a bus. I mean, you 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 notice young people will say sometimes young uh, things that do not seem to be for their own good, um, and you have to unless their life is in danger or someone is sexually abusing them, some real emergency, you have to let be. You have to allow those young people to be totally candid and to have their own to have their own life and their own experience. It's just as important to do that with young people, maybe more so than it is with adults in Alamon. Tell us so, more about that. Yeah, why that's is it hard. That, that can you know? be hard. I, I think in all, and, and 
about oh, eight or nine years that I was doing Alteen co-sponsoring, there was only one time that I said to a young person that I really disagreed with somebody, and and I prefaced it by saying, this may not be true for you, but I know that in my own experience, such and such has not worked for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was a case where a, a young woman was saying that she needed to lie to her parents. And I said, my experience was it was not useful to me when I was dishonest with someone else. Right. But there were many times I was tempted to say, you know, <laughs> this is not going to work for you. But I had to shut my mouth because it's very important in Alateen to do that. It's very Why does that matter to... so much? It is important. Why does it matter? Well, it matters. I think it matters above all because... Young people are told all the time what to do. And if if Alateen tells them what to do, then Alateen is not really a 12-step program. Then it's really just one more way to try to lead young people into something. And Alateen really isn't that. Alateen really is a 12-step program, and it really... It has to give young people the freedom to choose or not choose their own recovery, to work or not work their program. And um, it, can be, it can be very frustrating to see young people not work a program. It can be tough. But I think that, at least for me, it was a core part of the way that I was trained in uh, to be a, a an Alateen co-sponsor, and it was a key part of the way that I read the literature around being an Alateen co-sponsor was that it was really important to, to let the young people have their own experience and let them be as honest about it and let them work or not work their programs. If um, if a young person was really um, making it hard for somebody else to work their program, and and I saw that a couple of times, I I did speak to that. Um, we had we have had we had a couple of times young people who just wanted to horse around and 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 didn't want to let somebody else have have a program. And and I I said, you know, that's not, we can't do that. But I think it's critical to to give young people the freedom to to choose or not choose their recovery. And and I think it's it's part of, for me it was an important part of learning detachment. And I think it helped me with my family members who were still in addiction to realize that I could set a boundary and say I won't support you if I know that what you're doing is supporting your addiction. But um, I had to allow other people to live live their own lives. I couldn't I couldn't um, 
fight them all the time about it. I think it's very tempting for those of us who are family members of of addicts to to want to fight with them about it. And it's not it's not really respectful. It's not really respectful somehow, seems to me. Jenny, thank you so much. It's time for another break. Um, your the wisdom you've got is is profound. I appreciate what you're telling us. Thank you for uh, listening out there. We'll be right back and uh, stay with us. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead. I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently. At one with infinite possibility, I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give daily word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Do you feel undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karen Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today, glad you're out there listening And if you're just joining us, our topic is Loving It All, and my guest is Jenny L. Jenny has 36 and a half years as an uh, active Al-Anon member working her program uh, as a 
a family member of people that have the disease of addiction, and she's also a member of Naranon, uh, which she's been active in for six years. Uh, Jenny is uh, sharing with us the wisdom and experience that she's gotten from uh, all these years of working a strong family program and what she's learned about relationships and living a full life on her own. Uh, right before the break, uh, Jenny, you were telling us about the concept of detachment and letting people uh, live their own lives. And, you know, in, in the 12-step programs, in the family program, uh, that's a strong piece of it, is that concept of, of letting people live their lives, of respecting them in that way. And some t- in some ways, that's kind of not the um, popular way of thinking about how you're supposed to be in in families, we sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, want to run out there and save people, but it doesn't work. No. So tell us more about that, how you how you use a detachment and, and Well, respect- um, right now I, I am experiencing this in a way that doesn't have much to do with addiction. Uh, I have one child left. She's in recovery. Her oldest child is living with me, is in her mid-twenties, and she doesn't get along with her mother. And for a while, I was trying to help those two make peace with each other, and it just made things worse, if any. And I have found that just completely letting go is the only way that I can really get along with both of them. And I think eventually they'll find it. They will find their peace with one another or they won't. But it isn't my business. And I think another example in my life, and perhaps even more striking and and more related certainly to addiction, although um, the the problems between this young woman and her mother have to do with addiction because a young woman has resentment over the parenting that she had or didn't have as a child, and that's part of the problem. Anyway, my husband, I prayed and I begged and I pleaded and I did everything I knew to do to help my husband find some kind of sobriety. And um, I was in Al-Anon for four years before he got sober. And when he got sober, he got sober completely on his own. He got sober, and he has worked a program completely on his own, and I have had nothing to do with it. Um, I remember shortly before he, maybe a couple of months before he got sober, he said to me, he said to me see, when I first was in Al-Anon, got to back up here a little. When I was first in Al-Anon, um, he was also in AA. But he was only in AA for about three months, and the last part of that, he was he was faking it. He was drinking. And then he went back and drank and drank. And uh, after f- about four years, he became sober on his own, and he has never had a drink since. So he's got 32 years in AA. Well, one time he told me when he was, when he was still drinking before he really, really quit. He said, you won't support my sobriety. You're not helping me. And I laughed, and I said, 
Well, honey, I have learned that there is no way in the world that I can get you sober. It's going to be something that you have to do. And I've always felt that it was a great gift that I knew that and that I was able to say that, and I was able to say it in a relaxed way um, because it was probably more helpful to him than anything else of thousands of words that I had said to him over the years about his drinking. I had a lot of ideas about his opinions, and they were all wrong. I had a lot of ideas about how he worked his program, and they were all wrong. I had at least found out, um, thank God, I found out that he uh, had to do it himself, that he really had to do it himself. Because there was no way that I could help him with it. And so that was, that, that I think is at least two ways in which I've, I've found that I, I have to detach. Right. And I've, like you, I've also okay. found that sometimes after years of my staying out of his business, you know, he'll, he'll tell me things about his, his early sobriety. They're sometimes kind of hilarious stories that I, I would never have guessed at, um, that those things were happening. Um, but but they he, he had to do it his own way. And that's that sense of letting giving somebody the dignity of their own lives and, and not assuming that we're we're God. That for that phrase everybody's got a higher power that loves them and it's not me. Right. It is not me. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you saw recently a very uh, wonderful spiritual uh speaker and and a bright light in the world, uh, the Bishop Desmond Tutu. Yes, I did. I went and heard him on Friday evening at a conference, mainly uh, conference mainly directed at young people called Be the Spark. And he said a number of things that I thought were quite wonderful, but uh, one of them that, that moved me deeply and um, and I'm, I, I'm been thinking a lot about it, um, is that um, one of the unique things about uh, humanity is that God um, God can't do God's will on earth without human assistance, and he spoke in a very humorous manner about how God has called people to do things, and um, and we've all benefited because they were able to say yes. Um, he certainly didn't say that God tells us to mind one another's business, but he said that um, each of us, that, that, that there are ways in which God calls us to, to live and we need to respond to that. And uh, he, was, he was delightful. He was amusing and he was, he was uh, sweet. I've read several of his books and I like his, I like his writing very much. I was amazed at how humorous he was and how uh, very good speaker. Very good. Great. Speaker. We've got a caller. I hear we've got Robin on the line. So, Robin, Wonderful. do you have a question or Hello? comment for Jenny? Hello. Yes, Jenny. Jenny. Yes. Yes. Hi. 
Yeah. Hi. Um, I've, I've loved hearing you. I was wondering uh, regarding your um, the when you said that you didn't go to regular meetings for um, weekly meetings for a period of about two years. I'm kind of finding that I'm in a I'm a double winner on both counts, and I'm I seem to be sliding on my weekly meetings. And I'm just wondering how you handled it and um, what that was all about with you and what caused it or whatever, whatever advice you can give me. And I've loved listening to you. This is great. Thank you. Uh, I think, um, I think as I said, that one of the things that got me back to going to regular meetings was that I realized that I just, there were things happening in my life that I needed the support of a home group for. And I couldn't just, um, I couldn't just get that support, um, by going to the occasional speaker meeting or or even to to uh, big annual events that it was it it really required that that closeness and that regular sharing that you get with a home group it's a home group then so i for me that was that was a big part of it was to um was to have that regular support that you get with a home with a home group, a group that you attend regularly, at least weekly. Well, thank you very much. Robin, stay on the line, but we you've won our book today, The Codependent No More, and if you would uh, like us to mail you that book give uh, to our engineer, give, you, give uh, your name and address, and we'd love to send you the book. Thanks so much for calling. Sure. Great. Oh, We're glad you. you're yeah, listening. Great. Thank you for calling okay. me, Robin. I love your show. I I love. I've listened to it all afternoon today. I've been on. I've been listening to you guys all afternoon today. It's been a great show. Today. Great. That's good to know. Glad you're out there. Glad you're out there. God bless. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, we're glad that Robin called in. That was wonderful. Uh, uh-huh. Jenny, I know that you've read a book called The Red Tent, and there's a, a beautiful metaphor in there about life. Yes, I told you the other day that I found, uh, although I, I enjoyed the book as a novel and uh, there were interesting ideas in it, the thing that, that really made it worth reading the whole book for me was the image of um, knots. At one point in the story, the heroine says that she realized that the terrible things that happened in her life were like the knots in the necklace that separated the beautiful beads. They were needed in order to keep the whole thing together. And that that was, that, that was looking back on her life, that was kind of how her most painful experiences were, that they, she needed them in order to keep um, all the rest together, that they were part of part of the chain of things that made a beautiful a beautiful life. And I I think that's that really speaks to where I live. Yeah, I it does. Jenny, thank you so much for everything that you have um shared with us today. You you do have a lot of wisdom and you have it through your experiences. You've been willing to learn. And I to me that's the those uh, knots on the beads is that willingness to, to look at it all from a spiritual perspective and the willingness to learn. Thank so, you, Anna. Yeah, thank you. What's what, One last word would you leave uh, for us today? 
What's your wisdom? Oh, enjoy. There are, there are so many things. There are so many things that we can be glad about. Uh, it, it's, it's so tempting when you love people who are unhappy and sick, and that is what addiction, active addiction is. People are unhappy and sick, and it is so tempting to be kind of sucked into that and to and to feel a kind of ongoing grief as they suffer. And in many ways that's I think that's not useful. Um, not only does it not help them and we have to detach from their uh, illness, but but also we need to live, we need to allow ourselves to live and um and to enjoy all kinds of things in life. Jenny, thank you. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for your attitude, for your commitment to your program, and for the spiritual life that you walk. And um, thank you for your presence in my life. So, thank you, um, Anna. Yeah. So join us next week when our guest will be Dr. Val Slaymaker of Hazelden. And the topic is science and spirituality. Alex, what the researchers have to say. God bless. You're in my prayers, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today, and after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Rev. Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. 
It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.